This is Jack Sawinski, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me on Skype is Roy. Oh, man. Welcome back to baseball. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the Pioneer League and some interesting things that they're doing for rule changes. We're going to introduce some stuff about the minor league rosters, and we're going to do an abbreviated rundown because there's a lot to talk about this week. I... You know, I'm not really good at putting together. I'm at. A, I'm really rusty on putting together the affiliate rundown. So I do have three strikes for every team. It's not as organized as I used to be. So uh, you guys stick with me. Um, I will get better. <laughs> well, we haven't had actual minor league baseball to talk about for what, like a year and a half now. It's amazing. It's amazing that games are back and. I'm right back in the throw of that. I've got three screens going on. I got the Padre game on, and I got you know four minor league teams going on at one time sometimes, and trying to kind of you know trying to keep up with everything. And Jesus, it, it's it's back. I hope you have a good Wi-Fi package. I, I do have a good Wi-Fi. <laughs> I do have a good Wi-Fi <laughs> package, and the MLB you know MILB TV uh, is 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 really working on the computer. So. Um, you know, actually we're recording here a little late today and I was going to watch the, we have no Padre game. So I was going to watch the El Paso game as soon as we get done with this. Well, but, but it's Monday. And so that's another thing is that the travel schedule yeah. now, everybody travels on Monday. Monday is a day off across all the minor league baseball, oh, which is something else to get used to. Triple A is playing today. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. right. Their travel day. Is their travel day Sunday or Tuesday? They chose a different day to have their travel day. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but so there is there is baseball to be played today. But meanwhile, the coolest thing. So leading off, so the the former Pioneer League was a short season league. Um, they are now an independent league, a partner with MLB, and they have the new rule of to break up the tie game to go into extra innings. It's a home run derby. That is so much fun. So it says, oh my gosh, dude, right? And so read this out to avoid excessive strain on the pitching staff. So the Pioneer Baseball League will have no will have. Extra innings, but rather will employ a first-of-its-kind knockout rule that resolves tie games with a head-to-head, sudden-death home run duel. They will throw five. They'll throw hitters five pitches, and whomever has the most HRs wins. Independent, you know, so they don't have guys like they can pull up from a lower division or even send down to another division. That roster is the roster. That's all they have. So they need. To, they can't go into these extra inning games. It's just. Uh, it's just kind of silly. So a designated pinch runner rule permits. So. So I want to. So is this going to be like batting practice? Uh, I think so. They'll get an L screen out there, I'm sure, and just have someone like oh, and it, it talks about it. Well, it talks about it in the article. You can designate your own pitcher. Um, the and it's just crazy how they're going to do that. So if they tie, they're going to continue doing it until it keeps going. But then it, it has going. to be different. It has to be different guys. It's like a soccer yeah. shootout, right? Yeah. So you you get five pitches he gets five pitches and then those guys are done and if he hits three and he hits three then we go on to the next round and now it's the next guy from each team right yeah oh my god the first time that that happens it's going to be so much fun (laughs) it's going to be it'll go viral it'll definitely go viral in the minor league community i think i want to see what ben hill has to say about that yes um so also they have is what they have a pinch runner the pinch runner rule permits a player not previously in the game to pinch run for a player who may go back to his position for the remainder of the game the runner cannot return to the game. 
Designated pinch hitter allows a player not previously entered into the game to pinch hit for a player, and the player can return to his designated position. That's kind of like rec ball right there. Right. That kind of reminds me of beer league softball. Right. right. Like, oh, I need a runner. Dude, I got him. I got. I, I am a designated runner every time. I got on base three times this week. I'm like every time, I'm like medic runner. But in but per this rule, once that guy comes in and runs for you, then he's done for the game. Yeah, he can't come in in a position. He can't bat or like the batter. He can't come in in position. Yeah, it's you know it's your extra guy. It's like a right. Go, a, so. So the baseball strategist in me starts thinking about, you know, okay, sign a guy that has a specific skill set, like right. a Jorge Mateo, <laughs> that he's going to be your designated pinch runner. Back in the 90s, or in the 70s, the A's had a guy, I want to say his name is Herb Washington, but I don't think that's right. And he was specifically a pinch runner. I think he went a whole season without any at-bats at all, but he still stole like 30 bases because he was in there as a pinch runner so many times. Oh, so uh, but with the Pioneer League... That it's not like that. They don't have the roster flexibility. This is just whoever they can get to play. Right. right. But it's going to make those games so much more exciting. Yeah, and fun. It's you know, and, and independent ball is actually about you know the fan experience and having fun. It's not these guys aren't going anywhere. Um, you know, rarely do they ever go anywhere. And you know, it's just it's it's a great idea. I think you know, have fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Should be the most fun at that yeah. level because the most wacky stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So speaking of wacky stuff, we got some wacky rules that are in place in the actual affiliated minors now. So, yeah, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and I wanted to go over it one more time just to kind of get everyone up to speed. I saw a couple boxed this this last weekend. I'm not sure if they were because of the rule or not. Uh, They didn't say it on the broadcast, but there were a couple boxed, and I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder if that was, um, I think, Anderson Espinosa we'll talk about later on. He had a box. Um, Anyway. Triple A, the size of the bases will increase from 15 by 15 inches to 18 by inches, 18 by 18 inches. Uh, by doing so, MLB expects a slightly shorter distance between bases will lead to higher success rate on stolen bases and more infield hits on grounders and bunts. It sounds like this is more of a player safety kind of a thing, though, to to maximize the amount of space there so you have less collisions, less you know feet getting tangled up and that kind of thing. Uh, so we've seen in, in softball leagues where they have the second, the, the first base, and then there's the orange base that's in foul territory. Yeah, yeah. And I could see a day where they do that because you, you want to, you don't want the pet. So Eric Hosmer, it frustrates me watching him play first base sometimes <laughs> because he steps across the line to take that throw rather than trying to stretch out for it. Yeah. Um, and he winds up putting himself in the path of the runner yeah. when he does that. So if you had that other base, now the runner is going to be, you know, they're supposed to be in that lane, which they never run in that, that lane, but they're supposed to be over there. Then they can be even farther over out of the way of the first baseman trying to make the play. Well, and then that, those three inches make a big difference when it comes to just, you know, beat by a quarter of a step, beat by half a step that now is going to go away. Now those guys are going to get on base, which leads to more, you know, not necessarily more offense, but it leads to longer games. And, uh, well, but it's longer games, but it's more action on the base pads. So if it's longer games and it's the pet, the pitcher standing there, you know, thinking about how is he going to deliver the pitch or the batter trying to get ready, that's wasted time. But if it's actual action on the base pads, yeah. I don't care if the game's six hours long. If there's exciting stuff going on, then people are going to remain engaged. Right. And uh, yeah, well, they, <laughs> well, at least the Padres need to do something to make the team and the fans engaged. But moving on. So at double A, all teams must have at least four. They're going to try to go with the, uh, they're going to make rules about the shift. So all teams must have 
at least four players on the infield during play, which is defined as having both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the infield dirt. If the results of this rule change are deemed positive in the first half, the league may require teams to have at least two players on either side of second base in the second half. Essentially, they're going to try to kill the, you know, the, the shift. I hate this. Yeah. I hate it so much. Yeah. Let the let the fielders position wherever they want to be positioned. And I think it's exciting watching some of the weird stuff that happens with the shift. And every once in a while, you get somebody that'll squib one up the line. I remember Robinson Cano bunting for a double a while ago. Yeah. I, I let the batters adjust. Let the offense. Eventually, it's going to come around yeah. where you'll have guys that are contact hitters that, that have a role again. I, I think that this is I, – I don't like this idea. Yeah, absolutely. You should have your defense wherever you want. If you want to have four outfielders, have four outfielders. Also, you know, what I don't see enough is of, of players, you know, being shifted, bunting that way. And I see a lot of pitchers not pitching deep inside. They're still throwing it over the plate. So you can make that. You know, you can inside out a swing or you can bunt. Just help. One time, bunt. Boom. Yeah, and, Anthony and Rizzo's done that. Yeah. All right, so in high A – uh, teams will implement a rule which was in play in 2019 in the Atlantic League. In these leagues, pitchers will be required to disengage the rubber completely before throwing to any base. With this rule in play, the Atlantic League saw a significant uptick in stolen bases. The rule was scheduled to be implemented in the minor leagues in 2020 before the coronavirus pandemic canceled the season. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what you saw Anderson Espinosa yeah. maybe got called for. I, I love this. I, I want I want more action on the bases. I want the runners to be able to take a longer lead. I want them to be able to go at the first motion. So all they have to do is watch that back foot. And once they're once the knee breaks and they know that they're coming up into their their delivery, they're gone. Rather, so See, I like that. As a, as a lefty, I want to stay on the rubber. Like I, I don't pitch, but I would want to be, have that advantage of like okay, and then throwing over to first base. I mean that's a great pickoff move. Now yeah, you, but it's now an advantage to, like, now. As soon as you lift that top leg, you're done. You 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 can't hop off the mound. You have to go forward. Okay, so as a right-handed hitter, if I'm facing that left-handed pitcher, maybe I want to run to third base instead of first base. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Roy. <laughs> Plus, it's shorter. I can right. get there quicker. Right. So, and I haven't, you know, over the short weekend of games, I haven't seen haven't seen much of this uh, kind of put into practice. But it's a long season. So across low A. Pitchers will be limited to two step-offs or pickoff attempts per plate appearance. If a pitcher tries a third pickoff in a plate appearance, the move will be considered a balk unless the runner is successfully picked off. Now, I, I can agree with this. You, you know, the you know the, the four throwovers and then he then he steals on the fifth pitch. Like, I understand. And, that, and it takes time. Throw it to first base, throws back. Okay, walks around the mound, sets up. Okay, looks in. That's... 25 30 seconds a pitch you know and, and so right I like but it. i i love when the crowd gets into it and starts right. booing, booing the guy right because the visiting pitcher keeps throwing over i love it <laughs> but now they boo after like the first throw over like come on yeah but everybody's That's, watching the action right, this is right. action this is activity this is this is fun quit stalling right <laughs> right Okay, okay, so low A Southeast League, select games will use the automatic ball strike system, which was tested in both the Atlantic League and the Arizona Fall League in 2019. And I think pretty much everybody by this point can uh, agree that we want to see an automated strike zone of some sort. Um, 
there, it seems like they're more kind of working through the kinks on how is it going to be implemented, right. uh, what needs to be changed about the actual strike zone itself. I understand they've already made some adjustments about the top and the bottom of the zone, yeah. that kind of thing. Because if the ball hits the very top, you know, the bottom of the ball hits the top of the of the strike zone, it's a strike. And that right. could be that could be up close to your chin, you know. And the same thing on the on the bottom. If the bottom quarter inch of the ball hits that line on the bottom of the zone, what's usually called a ball is called a strike. And so the hitters are going to have to adjust. Pitchers are going to have to adjust. Um, yeah, and, but this is when Grandpa talks about how back in his day the strike zone went to the top of the shoulders. Right. Well, back then, that's when Ruth played. You know, they don't. They used to call their own pitches back then. Um, uh huh. I yeah, there's something about. I mean, I believe me. I watched some of these balls called strikes and strikes called balls and the thing about this is it takes away the human element of the game like if he misses the call that's just the way it is you want to get the call right sure but like you know the good thing about you know having different umpires in our league and i'm sure major league baseball players have said the same thing like that guy's zone is wide this guy's zone is high like you have different characteristics of a strike zone from different umpires so you can almost use that to your advantage and, you know, also your disadvantage. Right. But during the course of a game, the inconsistency as things change, right-handed hitter to left-handed hitter, right-handed pitcher, left-handed pitcher, right. uh, even by the count, you know, when it's, when it's 3-0, oh, the strike zone gets huge. When it's, you know, 0-2, oh it, it, right. it, it's, it's frustrating seeing things change as the game goes along that oh that was a strike against their team it's not a strike against our team what's the deal right and that there's a fairness part to it and so when there's an important game and there's a pitch that appears to be missed that's a big deal and i think you can't just say well that's the human element of it and shrug your shoulders and walk away it's you need to get the calls right this is the highest level of the game right well and and i want to see the players i want to see a major league player go like that wasn't a strike. Yeah, defined by the rules of the game, that was a strike. Like, you can't, um, you know, and that's another thing. I love the jawing at the umpires. I love managers fighting the umpires to get that inside call. You know, to get, you know, that's another part of the human element. You argue these things, and they will change throughout the game, you know. And, and it happens all the time. You hear broadcasters talk about it. Right, but now the rule says that they're not allowed to argue balls and strikes. So in, I think it was yesterday's game when Tingler got ejected because yeah. Manny Machado was saying something. It's like as soon as Tingler came out of the came out of the the dugout, he was gone <laughs> yeah. before he even had a chance to say anything. <laughs> I think that was Saturday's but, game. Or- yeah, but he really he really what happened was he came out to, to get ejected so that Machado wouldn't get ejected. But I. I just I want consistency. Yeah, I want uniformity. Yeah. So yeah, Greg Maddox used to get a pitch six inches off the plate for a strike, <laughs> and Tony Gwynn wouldn't get anything on the black because the umpire figured if he wasn't swinging right. at it, it probably wasn't a strike. You know, you know that old story the the rookie the rookie pitcher. He's throwing he's pitching against Ted Williams. Bam, good pitch, ball. Next pitch, zip, pretty good pitch, ball. Catcher goes. Looks back at the umpire, and, and the umpire says, Ted Williams will swing at it if it's a strike. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's just yeah, it's just more mechanization of, of the game. that I, I can understand it, and I'm sure in, in a while I'll be like, I'm okay with it. It's kind of like the National League DH. But still, you know, they, they have to have some kind of the human element. 
Well, I'm just hoping that they implement it in a way that is it doesn't become a video game thing. It's not some light that's up on the screen. It's something that the umpire sees or hears, and they're the only ones. And so it doesn't really interrupt things. So then you still have the umpire back there yanking the chain on the chainsaw to ring guys up. (laughs) He'll just be a couple seconds behind. Well, I don't know. Wouldn't it be great? Like, in in fencing, they have your helmet lights up when you get hit. Like, if it's a a ball, it's red. If it's a strike, it's green. Yeah, I would love to see that. That would be red. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. You know, and then the screen lights up K, backwards K, or... Uh, that's <laughs> kind of weird. Okay, so down in low A West only. So this is uh, where Lake Elsinore is. Teams will add timers to enforce in between pitches, inning breaks, and pitching changes. The, re- the release announcing the move noted new regulations beyond the system currently used in AAA and AA. So this means that they're just going to enforce the rules that are already in place, essentially. Like what is it? Eight? I think you get eight pitches for a warm up. Like I don't feel the warm up between innings is is that long. Well, and there's a timer for in between innings that's supposed to match up with like a commercial break or whatever. And then in between pitches with no runners on base, they're supposed to deliver it in a certain period of time. The batters have a certain amount of time to get in the box and be ready. All that stuff has been in the rule book for decades, and it's just Major League Baseball has chosen not to have the umpires enforce it. Like, even the thing about yeah. stepping out of the box, okay, you're not supposed to step out of the box except for certain situations. They enforced it for, like, a year, and the game times went down by, like, five minutes, and then they kind of quit caring, and the game times kept going out and out and out. And it, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I really think you want to speed up the game, not have guys step out after every pitch. Not have mm-hmm. every pitcher step, you know, walk around the mound every pitch. Right. Yeah, call, call a ball. You're taking too long to deliver the pitch. That's a ball. Yes. So I'm looking for, so let's just talk about the rosters. Yes. I don't have nothing on the agenda. We're just going to go off memory. So we've followed minor league baseball so closely for several years now. And I felt like it was the kind of thing where even in Tri-City and even some of the looking at the AZL rosters, yeah. it's like we knew names because we knew who's been signed on the international yeah. market, who they drafted. You know, there's some surprises like, oh, I didn't know that they signed this guy, you know, undrafted free agent. But we knew pretty much everybody in the organization, at least guys. by name. And now I look at, especially in in Lake Elsinore, I'm looking, and there's right a lot now. of names that I'm not familiar with. So I'll look, and you, maybe I might recognize something here and there. Like, obviously, Robert Hassel III, Levi Thomas, Nick Thwaites, Jordy Barley, some of right. these guys. But there's a lot of names that I'm not all that familiar with. Jesus Cisneros, uh, I call him Dana, I know, but Jose uh, Gerardo, Carlos Guarte, uh, Carlos Guarte, but Jesus Lugo? I, I have no idea who that guy is. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. Tomorrow's yeah. opening day, and I'm going to be there. Looking forward to it. So Tri-City... That's that's where things start to get fun for me because we saw a lot of those guys here in Lake Elsinore, yeah. or they've been kicking around in the system for a little bit, a little while. Um, so either they were in Tri City and they went up a level, and now they're back in Tri City because Tri City went up a level, or they were in Lake Elsinore. You know, so I, there's some familiar faces and names there. Well, what, what we're really gonna have to start doing is looking at the AZL rosters and 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 find where we can get that information. Um, I think right. I think MLB, I think MILB, uh, yeah, Arizona League, they have that stuff. Let's take a look at it. So standings and scoreboard. If this is the, no, this is yeah, this is June twenty second. So that's the Arizona Fall League, I believe. Um, but we're gonna have to find those those names in the Arizona League just to find out who's coming up to Lake Elsinore. I don't know when that starts. It's a short season. Yeah. 
So you know what? I pulled up. I pulled up a roster here. I don't know when this was updated, but Jagger Haynes is on the list. There's only one catcher on the roster. There's only one outfielder on the roster. So I right now the AZL and the DSL are probably going to be uh, placeholders where they need to just assign a guy so that they have him on contract and they have a, a spot in the organization. Uh, oh, John Halama is the pitching coach. How about that? Former yeah. Mariner. <laughs> he has been for a couple of years now, hasn't he? Uh, he's been with the, with the organization for a little while. Um, but so in Fort Wayne, I'm having fun watching the familiar names. Uh, 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 Jawan Harris had a huge game the other day. He had a home run and a double. He's DH for the first time since like high school. Uh, Dwayne Williams Sutton got hit by a pitch. He's continuing his streak and getting hit by a pitch more than any other human being. Dude, the Harris home run was a no doubter. I watched that. It was just crushing. He just, he, he tossed the bat and he knew it was gone. As soon as he hit it. Oh, man. It was such a good... It was, it was crushed. Crazy athlete. Yeah, and then later on, Augusto Ruiz hits the Grand Slam. Right. He So he played uh, center field the other day. And they said, well, we want to know. We, we know he can play the corners. He's lost some weight. He's looking more mobile yeah. out there. Yeah. We wanted to know if he can play some center field. Because Juwan Harris had been their everyday center yeah. fielder. Uh, I, mean, I think he played football at Rutgers. Uh Crazy athlete, super fast, strong, strong dude. Uh, but you know, you want to know what you got in yeah. in Ruiz. You don't know right. when an opportunity is going to show up to move somebody up. You know, it's kind of nice about the the uh, the Fort Wayne roster is that Luis Almanzar, you know, Ronaldo Olaraza, they were in Tri Cities. They might have got a taste of of last year low or in 2019. But mm-hmm. you know, those guys were in those guys were in Tri Cities or they were in the complex. So we're getting right. a good look at those guys, right? Uh, did you see Olivier Basabe has pitched twice now? Yeah. <laughs> that's so bad. He gets one out. That's all you know. It's, it's, that's a great thing about minor league baseball. Like it's, that's it's all okay. he needs. He has right? a 0.00 ERA. Best pitcher in the system. Yeah. So going, <laughs> moving on to like, like uh, San Antonio, you know, I, it'll be in the roundup with uh, CJ Abrams being on the roster. I thought it was a pretty aggressive. I mean, that's pretty aggressive. It is, but then he was in camp all last year. Yeah. So he was working with all the best instructors in the organization. He was facing advanced pitching. Um, and then this spring, he impressed everybody, and there were people calling for him to make the big league roster. So I, the, the guy's looking legit, so they might as well fast-track his, his, uh, his, his, his trajectory. And he's already making a huge impression in double A. Oh, he he is. He's already got a couple of homers. We'll have a little bit later on in the affiliate. I just thought it was pretty aggressive, and then and then moving up, you know, took a Peter Marcano up into 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 Lake uh, Lake Elsinore. Excuse me, El Paso. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I thought once again was a, that's pretty aggressive. You know, he it is. He skipped double A, and once again, I know he was in the alternate route or the alternate site last year. Um, it's going to take a little bit to get him used to triple A pitching. Well, I mean, he's already seen major league pitching, so I, I have a feeling he's going to be kind of a taxi guy, bouncing up and down as there's as there's needs to open up, um, you know, for, on the position player side. Uh, you know what? I haven't been looking at the box scores. He's been playing shortstop primarily, but it'd be interesting to see if he starts playing some left field down there. Yeah, it's always been shortstop, and he's playing mm-hmm. pretty good shortstop too. He's, he's holding that position pretty well. Oh yeah, he's got the arm, he's got the range, he's got the instincts. All right, you ready for the first affiliate rundown of 2021? 
Yes, let's do it. We should come up with some kind of theme music for the affiliate rundown. I don't think it's going to be that. But yeah. go for it. <laughs> All right, so we open up in Low A, which is Lake Elsinore. For strike one, opening day, Robert Hassel the third started in center and hit leadoff. He struck out three times and walked in five plate appearances. Welcome to high, welcome to A-ball, kid. Uh, but since then, the 19-year-old is at 292, 469, 708. He has a 1.177 OPS. He's hit two bombs. He has eight base on balls against seven strikeouts. He is making moves. In oh, he's going to move quick if he kept keeps that up. He's not going to be an A-ball for long. Yeah. Okay, strike two, Jordy Barley. If you remember, he was signed in 2016 for a million dollars, spent most of 2019 in Tri-Cities. He has two home runs, a triple, and three stolen bases. Uh, the new minor league schedule with off days every Monday will make keeping pitchers on a standard five-day schedule a challenge because the Padres intend to build pitchers up slowly after the lost 2020 campaign. We could see more of what they did with Levi Thomas this week. After last year's fourth-round pick, started the opener and worked three innings. He came in as the piggyback guy after Nick Wh- Nick Thwaites on Sunday. The 22-year-old allowed one run over three frames. So Levi Thomas, he was drafted a little later. He was selected a little later in last year's five-round draft. Um, kind of a unheralded kind of a guy, junk baller. Uh, he's going to need to find whatever opportunity he can to move yeah. on, but I, I love that. It makes me think of Sam Williams last year, or 2019, undrafted free agent, bounced all over the minors, but excelled everywhere he went and he's excelling right now in uh i think he's in san antonio no he's in el paso okay i thought he was in san antonio last i saw okay all right so um that was his dad that tweeted out the picture i I watched that game i just couldn't remember you know when you have four screens going on at once you you soon forget who's where and how (laughs) it is and what's going on okay so here's a name i i want i think we should really keep an eye out for it's catcher brandon valenzuela he had a second homer of the series after hitting just one and nearly 400 at bats Prior to 2021, Valenzuela is ex, 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 excellent, excellent defending catcher who could become a really interesting prospect if he can continue to flash more power. He has three HRs total. So bef- let me stop there. Let me say all of these, all this information comes from Mad Friars, EBT, or the daily game recaps from the minor league affiliates. So I want to give a shout out to Mad Friars. Love those guys. Love James over at EBT. And obviously we love all the affiliates. But I wanted to say that first out front. And thank you. <laughs> so the Padres traded away uh, Francisco Mejia yeah. and friend of the podcast, Blake Hunt. Yeah. And I have to wonder if they had the confidence to do that, not only because they felt good about Luis Camposano, but about guys like Brandon Val- Valenzuela and some of the other catchers in the system, um, Johnny Hamza and some of the other guys that they think may have a chance to to make it. Yeah, and, and Hamza's playing third base, so they, they feel comfortable enough to have him play third base and catcher. Uh, well, he was a shortstop when he was drafted. They converted him to catching right away. So they have Adam Kerner and Yorman Rodriguez in in uh, in high A in Fort Wayne. Okay. All right, so Fort Wayne, uh, strike one, and here's one of our familiar faces. In their home opener, Ethan Elliott shut down the West Michigan offense. I think it was interesting that you had the white caps and the tin caps. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, he struck out nine in four innings of work. The 24-year-old left-hander struck out Tigers' top prospect Spencer Torgelson, who's been off to a rough start it really uh, in, his, start. <laughs> in his first professional at-bat. Elliott also threw an immaculate inning in the fourth, striking out the Whitecaps in order with ease. And an immaculate inning isn't just striking out the order, but it's doing it in nine, nine pitches. pitches. Yeah, I saw Pedro Martinez do that to lead off a game against the uh, the Mariners one time. And it's like, it, it happens so quick. Yeah. 
But then by the end of it, you're like, oh my God, he's going to do was, this. That was nine pitches. He effectively used his fastball to all parts of the zone and overpowered hitters despite a heater that topped out at 91 and routinely sat in the high 80s. His low 80s changeup was very effective as well, and his slow curveball had some good bite to it. At 24, he's probably not going to make significant gains of velocity, but his ability to consistently pound the zone gives him a chance. Justin Lopez homered in the third to give Fort Wayne a 5-0 lead. The blast to right left the bat at 101 miles an hour. Lopez, Lopez led the tin caps, then low A, with 13 homers in 2019. The 20-year-old switch-hitting infielder has a good arm and plays a very capable shortstop. Lopez will simply need to get on base more often to be considered a top prospect. He has a career 282 on base percentage. Johnny Hamza made his full-season debut and reached the base three times, including a pair of walks. The Alaska native has drawn compliments from the organization for his defense behind the plate. He will bounce back and forth between catcher and third base this season. So I wonder if Ethan Elliott, you know, you always wonder, I wonder, how do those guys that, you know, throw 80, 85, you know, 85, 86, make it to the big league and stay? Uh, who who we traded off? Zach Davies is one of those guys who just, he's having a rough start of the season, but last year he was just lobbing it up there with a lot of movement and being pretty effective. Well, it's about, it's about location and no understanding how to attack a hitter. Um, Ethan Elliott's a righty. And so it's even more unusual for a righty with that kind of velocity to make it. And he doesn't throw from a weird arm slot. He's kind of a you know typical three-quarter, right. but it's just that he knows how to command his pitches. He knows how to set hitters up. So I think at the lower levels of the minors, he's going to be effective. Yeah. Um, I guess the challenge for him would be once he moves up to double-A and higher, where guys are used to a little more disciplined understanding hitters. sequencing yeah. a little bit, um, you, he might... He might plateau, but regardless, it's nice to see him succeed so far. Okay, so strike two, and this is the big story for the Storm and the Padres organization and Padres fans around the world. It was the season debut of Anderson Espinosa. Tommy, two Tommy Johns, 1,700 days in between starts at Parkview Field. He was excellent. I couldn't, I watched this intently. Like, I didn't go to the gym, like, I need an excuse not to go to the gym specifically to be home in time for this for this start. He had 26 pitches, 17 of them for strikes, struck out three against, one hit, and no walks. He looked electric. He looked confident. He looked everything like everything that you we wanted him to be, he is showing. And it's right now it's just the first, you know, first two or three innings of his career, but it looked really good. So he touched 97 on the mound. He consistently sat mid-90s with his fastball. Uh, he showed a feel but not consistency with his secondary pitches, especially his curveball. Uh, Tin Caps pitching coach Jimmy Jones was quoted saying, Anderson can spin a curveball really well. He hasn't been able to throw it for a lot of strikes in the instruction in spring training. The slider comes out really well out of his hand, and he can throw it for strikes. I've always found that if you can throw a curveball, then throwing a slider shouldn't be a problem. Usually the pitchers have trouble going from the slider to the curve. Uh, the plan is to have him pitch two innings and then add more and more as he feels comfortable. A friend of the podcast, Gabe Mosier, pitched three and two-thirds innings of one run ball. His curve is very good. Yeah, his Mosier's sitting 90, 91, and that curveball is just devastating. It could be a definitely, if he can uptake a little bit in the velocity and locate that fastball, I think he might he might have a future in the bullpen somewhere. Nice, how nice. Give, how do you give him a shout-out? Love our Gabe Moser. And Anderson Espinosa. Just it was so it was so relieving to have finally something in the pitching realm for the Padres go right, particularly with Anderson Espinosa. Just he's a guy that can move not 
he's not going to make it to the bigs this year, but you know, he could certainly move up pretty quickly. He's on the 40 man roster. Yeah. So there's, there's a scenario where he could make it in the, he could make a debut in the majors, especially if it's like a Luis Patino role that was last year as a reliever, as the season goes by, I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath on it right, right now. Right. I just want the guy to stay healthy, keep coming in, you know, once a week, go in and do his thing and see him slowly start to expand the, the workload. I just, I want to see the guy stay healthy. Please just give us one season of just being healthy, you know, and I think after he gets that, it should be fine. And everybody around him seems to love him. He's got a smile and it just lights everybody up. So I, you want the best for the kid. Yeah, the local, I can't remember his name, the local the local guy from Fort Wayne, the newscaster, he uh, he tweeted some of the video that he took of the interview with him on Zoom. And he talked about, uh, Anderson talked about, you know, back when I was here before, I was young and I was throwing a lot. And uh, now with uh, the two Tommy Johns, as you know, um, I am a bit different, per- different person and a different pitcher. So he's definitely matured in those years. I mean, two Tommy he's Johns. He's 23. I mean, he's still God. young. You know, but still, with that much experience of two Tommy Johns, you have to have the emotional and mental sense to go with that and learn from it. You know, it's, right. it's huge. I saw a clip from that that he said that the curveball is one that he has a hard time throwing because that's where he felt the injury last time around. So, like, psychologically, he knows that it's a matter of his hand being in the right position and and the release and everything. But just to have the confidence to be able to throw that pitch when you know that that's – the one right. where it gave way. <laughs> I, I can only imagine what that's got to f- be like. Uh, kind of like me. Okay, with- so strike three. Yeah. Friday, the offense really took off, starting with a Juwan Harris no doubt home run, capped with an Augustine Ruiz grand slam. Uh, Right handed pitcher Edgar Martinez, no relation to the designated hitter. Three innings pitch, two hits, an earned <laughs> run. Two walks, two strikeouts. Uh, right-handed pitcher Brandon Komar got the win. Uh, three and two-thirds innings, one hit, two walks, two strikeouts. You see, this is I, this is my first time, guys, putting together the the roundup for a while. And I'm out of practice. It'll get better. It'll be a lot more focused. And it'll have a lot more good stuff in there. Uh, so I appreciate you guys hanging on with us. So let's move on to San Antonio. Now, strike one for San Antonio. Reeves Kinnear, friend of the podcast, drew the opening day assignment and earned the win with five solid innings. The 24-year-old out of Fordham University walked the leadoff hitter in the fifth, but it bounced back to strike out the side to finish the outing with a resounding climax. With all the trades the Padres have made over the past year, a strong start could make Kinnear a valuable option for big league innings later in the year. And he had a great spring. His I don't have it on here, but his next outing, he got knocked around a little bit. But he had an excellent spring against some high-caliber players. So definitely that's true. Okay, so uh, C.J. Abrams had two doubles in his double-A debut. Um, and he's continued <laughs> to take off like a rocket. <laughs> but speaking of rockets, fellow speedster Ravi Podorsky had a career-high four hits in the opener. In a separate game, he had two triples. Yes. So far on the season, he's batting four thirty-five with a five nineteen on-base percentage. He's, so I love guys like Ravi Podorsky. Yeah. He's a center fielder. He's about five foot seven. Um you, he had long hair last time I saw him. Uh, I think he cut it all it's off. It's all short now. <laughs> but he's just super fast, great guy. I've talked to him a couple of times, just a good dude. Yeah. And you look at him, it's like things really have to go right for somebody like that to have a path to the majors. But he's having success in professional baseball, and I just, you know, I, I think right. the world of the guy. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, you're right. He's such a he's such a nice guy. I remember his, uh, his family came to Lake Elsinore, and uh, – 
I, you know, like I'm, you know, me, someone's taking a picture of their family. I'll take the picture. I'll take the picture. Um, and it's just a really cool dude. And I want to see the two, like, this has to be an organizational challenge. CJ Abrams, Robbie Podorsky, 90 feet. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I wanted to see that with uh, Xavier Edwards a couple years right, ago. Right. <laughs> but they won't listen. And I tell you, here's the thing about CJ. One of the devils I saw was uh, he hit on his front foot, you know, just hit it, hit it down the line. Anyone else, it's a stand-up single. He hustled a double. He hustled right out of the box, just sprinted. And before he can get to the ball, he was there plenty of time. So that's one of the things with, with CJ Abrams and that speed. You can't sleep on him. You cannot sleep on him. And the way the Padres are playing right now, and they're, they're aggressive on the base paths, and guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. taking those extra, you know, those extra bags, that's going to add to the pressure on the defense. Like, you can't just go, all oh, right, it's an infield grounder. I can see how those two guys being on the same roster, they can kind of push each other. Yeah. You know, if somebody doesn't go hard, then they come in, they're hearing it like, oh, I think you could have stretched that into a triple if you really were digging in around the first base bag. Uh, so moving on to strike two, CJ Abrams has only one hit. Had only one hit, but it was another double. His third of the year. Abrams off to a 250, 368, 438 in his first four double-A games. Abrams has struck out twice in each of the last three games. Not exactly a surprise for a 20-year-old playing above low A for the first time. You know, in 2019, his K rate is 10% in the ASL Rookie League. So, you know, making that big jump to double A, he looks comfortable up there. He looks confident. He looks like he belongs. And he's playing like he belongs. For sure. So, as as I mentioned, Robbie Podorsky had a pair of triples and he scored a pair of runs. Left-handed pitcher Osvaldo Hernandez made his first double-A start, pitched four solid innings, allowing just one earned run while striking out six. It was the first time since 2018 that he cleared four innings. The last time we saw the 22-year-old Cuban, he was limited to three inning outings in high A. If Hernandez's arm issues are behind him, he has a chance to blossom in the mission's rotation. You know, and, and with, with Osvaldo, like he doesn't he doesn't crush the radar. He does not, he's not hitting 94, 95. He's, no, he's, but he throws the whole kitchen sink out there. He will. He will throw the kitchen sink out there. And, and it's another one of those guys that is crafty. And if he's crafty and he locates, you know, there is a path. There is a path somewhere. For sure. Especially being a lefty. Yeah. Yeah. So left-handed pitcher Sam Williams pitched the final two innings and notched the victory. Uh, the former undrafted free agent bounced around in the Padres system in 2019, racking up 33 innings between his three stops. In three innings this year, Williams has allowed just one hit, a homer, while notching three strikeouts. Undrafted, father's friend of the podcast, friend of Padres Twitter. One of those I, I, love, I love that story. Yeah. yeah, we were when we were going out to spring training. We were going to meet up with his dad. His dad lives in in the Phoenix area, uh, but then that was when COVID finally started happening, and yeah, all that got not got nixed. But maybe next summer God. or next spring. Okay, strike three. Sunday, friend of the podcast, Jack Sawinski, his go-ahead two-run home run in the eighth inning sealed the deal for the missions in a 7-5 to five victory on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Ann Sawinski. After trailing 5-1, to one, the missions came back to clinch the series victory and improved to 4-2 and two on the season. It was Jack's second home run, a leadoff single from Robbie Podorsky. C.J. Abrams connected on a two-run home run to cut the lead to 5-3. It was his third hit of the day and his first career double-A home run. So Abrams, three for five with a home run, two runs, two RBIs, and an error. Uh, Robbie Podorsky has at least one base hit in each of his first six games. So how can you bench 
How can you bench yeah. the guy if all yeah. he does is hit? Right, right. <laughs> and, he's speed, and he can catch anything in the outfield. You don't even need a third outfield. There's just two guys for him. Um, it's like Willie Mays. They say he plays all fields. You know, it, it's it, it's great to see Jack hit two bombs. Like, I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. But uh, it's great to see him kind of you know, doing pretty good so far in, in double A. Um, I, we, you follow him on Instagram yeah. and he's been posting his workout videos all off season, all last year, working on speed, working on bat speed, working on strength, working on agility. He's been putting in so much work that he really did. He struggled in single a yeah. in 2019. So I would love to see him hit the ground running like this in, uh, in double a. Absolutely. So, you know, Abrams, God, it's, it, it's, it's, it's good to see him hit double a. I want him all. I want him there all year, uh, unless he's absolutely just tearing it up. People want to rush this kid up to the majors, and I don't think we have. I think we have the time to let him go down there and learn how to be a professional baseball player. For sure, yeah. You've got a half dozen shortstops on the major league roster right now. You got a couple guys down in AAA that can definitely get the job done. If they need somebody called up, you got guys like Ivan Castillo that can come up and, and do the job. So you don't need to rush the guy. Let him let him season, you know. Right, right. So moving on to the El Paso Chihuahuas, the Chihuahuas, strike one, speaking of. In the home opener, Ivan Castillo collected four of El Paso's seven hits, and he drove in three runs to pace the Chihuahuas offense. Castillo, 25, won the Texas League batting title in 2019 with Amarillo. The switch-hitting infielder can play all over the diamond as well. Cathedral Catholic alum Daniel Camarena got the start for El Paso, throwing three shutout innings in his first game action for the Padres organization. Camarena did not walk a batter, and in 21 of his 28 pitches landed for strikes. The 28-year-old lefty signed with the Padres on a minor league deal last year after spending 2019 with the Yankees' top affiliate. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you point out that that's his first game action for the organization, but he was in the uh, the the, um, the alternate uh, camp all of last year. So Mason Thompson pitched the seventh and allowed a home run to Mariners' top prospect Jared Kalenic, which Jared Kalenic is a really, really good prospect. Base. But he did not a strikeout in his AAA debut. The six foot seven righty has a big fastball and can touch the upper nineties. He hasn't had success as a starter in the Padres system, but a move to the bullpen gives him a chance to help the big league club soon, assuming he can stay healthy. And the staying healthy part is a big challenge for him. It's a really big challenge. And Jared Kalenic, I just saw it from Jeff Passan. He's being called up. Like, he hit two bombs in his first game, two no-doubters. He's just tearing it up. So I think the Mariners are calling him up today. Um, Mason Thompson, Good for him. You know, and Mason Thompson, once again, that's that's a pretty aggressive, um, you know, it's a pretty aggressive assignment putting him in double-A. I know he's got the velocity, and he had a, he had a pretty good, you know, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good spring training. But double-A is a little, triple-A is a little triple aggressive. A. Yeah, triple-A well, is he's, a little aggressive. He's on the 40-man roster, so he's another one of those guys that you know, a couple things fall the right way, and he'll be on the uh, the big league team. Yeah. So moving on, strike two. Do you want to call it? No, you got this. All right. So <laughs> so Friday, Mackenzie Gore made his AAA debut and pitched to mixed results. Now, I, I'm going to stop it right there. I I don't know what – and I don't want to cause alarm. It is – he is super young, plenty of time. I do not know what happened from – the crushing season that he had in Double A in Amarillo, to he can't throw a, a consistent strikes any of you know any of his pitches consistently. Like I don't know what happens there. Well, so I wasn't watching all of this game. I was in and out 
catching bits and pieces of it. When I sat down and watched, I saw him locating fastballs on the corners. He was having a little bit of trouble with the curveball. He was bouncing the curveball from what I saw. But the fastball location seemed to be really good until that last inning when there was a walk, a hit batter, and then the RBI double that knocked him out, as as you note here in the notes. Um, but before that, he seemed to be doing pretty well. So maybe it's a it's a building up the stamina thing at this point of the season and just kind of getting back into the flow of of competitive baseball. Right, right. And, that, and that's the thing right there is, you know, there's only so many times you can see the same 15 guys every day for, for you know, almost two years now. Um, getting him back into competitive baseball, I think, will help with that. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot more than just, hey, he's playing competitive baseball. He's going to start throwing strikes. Um, but hopefully that's going to help. And hopefully kind of getting back in the swing of things, like you said, is going to make that change. Um, who's the AAA pitching coach? Uh, it's a very good question. Put me on the spot. I know. I put put myself on the spot because it was it was going to be friend of the podcast. Hi, A. Lake Elsinore Storm pitching coach. I can't remember. Anyways. Eric, Eric Jungie. Yeah, and he was he used to be the uh, I think it was the roving pitching instructor or he was the roving he was coordinator. The coordinator, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so Gore threw ninety four pitches and four plus innings, throwing fifty two strikes. So you'd want to see more strikes, you know, a higher percentage of strikes. The lefty will need to hit his spots better to become a big league option. Four innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. But again, from what I saw before that last inning, he was doing real well. So I think there's something to build on there. There, there's plenty to build on there. The velocity is there, and the stuff is there. It just has to be – he has to throw it over there for strikes. Um, not stepping back. Things are going to be really good. Just um, we don't need to rush him. There's no need to rush him. As much as we're doing this, you know, start or stop, you know, the like with Chris Paddock yesterday, he pitched three innings, and then we threw Ryan Weathers in there. So we're doing the starter thing. We don't need to rush him. Give him plenty of time to figure it out. When he comes up, he does not leave. To finish it out, Saturday, Luis Camposano hit his first AAA home run, an oppo shot. He got four hits and 16 at-bats. He crushed that pitch. He absolutely did. He's gonna. I could see him being the kind of guy that puts up video game numbers in AAA. I, I'm sure the ball is, is a different ball from what they were using a couple of years ago, but you're still, you got elevation, you got heat, you got wind, you got all the right ingredients, especially in the Western division of the uh, of, of the... It's whatever not, the Pacific Coast League is called now, Triple A, Triple A West, or whatever yeah. they call it. Uh, there's lots of launching pads, and I could see him doing some some silly stuff with yeah. the power that he's got. Yeah, and once he adjusted that Triple A pitching, so Sunday Jesse Schultons uh, Schultons turned in his best Triple A start of his career, allowing just one run on three hits with over five frames. A 27 year old righty sailed through his first two professional seasons. As after the Potters drafted him in the ninth round in 2016, but got hit hard in his first taste of AAA. He never found his footing in 2019 campaign, and he spent entirely in the Texas League. So he's somebody that I could see. So Jesse Schultens, he's a lefty. Um, so if a need opened up and you needed somebody to come up and make a start, and I know Padres Twitter would hate this, right. but I could see them calling him up over Gore to yeah. give this guy a shot. And then even if it winds up where they wind up designating him for assignment afterwards to create the roster spot for whoever's coming back, yet there are certain guys the organization's willing to turn and burn. Like Aaron Northcraft, it wouldn't surprise me if he was DFA'd as soon as somebody else is ready to come up and take that 40-man roster spot. Right, 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 right. 
and you need those guys. You need them, and you you want to protect your pro, you know, your prospect. You can't have Gore learn how to pitch major league pit. You know, you can't have him figured out in the major leagues. For you sure, don't, you don't want to do that to his confidence. Well, that's all I got. That's that's a short. That's a short. Uh, that's kind of a rough affiliate rundown. A lot of good stuff, but uh, I'll get better. So I'll get a little more sharper. Tomorrow is the home opener for the Lake Elsinore Storm. Yes. And last I heard, you're not going. I can't go. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, the game starts at, what, 5? Yeah, 5.10 start, I think. It's, no, 5.30. 5.30. So if I was up there for a couple hours, I have to come home. It's just it's not in the cards. I have to make those oh, games. Oh, man. I have to make them Friday or Saturday night. Well, hopefully it's broadcast. I, I don't I haven't seen a broadcast schedule yet, but I hope it's shown on MILB TV. Uh, we've heard that there's a new video board. Yeah. There's the the the, the monster in right field has been redone. Um, they've got production quality. There's new video equipment yeah. around the place. So I'm excited to see. So I'm going to see it in person. You, hopefully you get to see it uh, watching it on your little laptop screen. I certainly will. I uh, my new life that I had no life before is now watching minor league baseball. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at zippy underscore TMS and welcome back. Minor league baseball. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome Welcome back. back. Welcome back.